Most people know very little about Jimmy Hoffa. He was a union leader, he disappeared, and nobody knows what happened to him. This is a story about power. There was nothing Jimmy Hoffa wouldn't do to have it. And when he lost it, nothing he wouldn't do to get it back. growing the Teamsters into a major force in American politics. But during his leadership, the union grew entangled with the American Mafia. But the Mafia made sure that Jimmy Hoffa was beholden to them. Find that email yet, Mike? Wow, that's where yeah, I know. That's where he sends sends me. That's right to the trash. <laughs> I mean, even I know that you can select mail that goes to junk. <laughs> <laughs> Automatically send everything from this trash to where it belongs. <laughs> I really hate this guy. Everything. You haven't sent an email to it. It sends everything else to. Here come, so here come the excuses, man. It's not. <laughs> here come the excuses, man. <laughs> I don't know who's coming up under Jessica's or mine or what. I, I don't know what signed in. Don't listen to him, man. No. <laughs> but I've got seven Wow, this guy really hates a lot of people, man. <laughs> we should be friends, bro. He's been, my, he's been my friend for like 16 years. You think I'd be friends with a people person? <laughs> Is that why we get along? <laughs> I've been questioning the number of your friends. <laughs> you definitely got more than you can count on one hand. <laughs> well, I got... Yeah, that's true. I got my wife. But four hands are not needed. <laughs> I got my wife. Wives don't count. Okay, well then I got, I got you, I got Gunner, and I got a dude at my uh, old job named Joe. That's literally all the the friends I got. Do here. I count my drug dealers who really I'm friendly with? Who actually like to hang out? One of them. Like Billy. If you would pursue a relationship outside of the drugs for any interest other than drugs, then yeah, they're, they're pushing that friendship. Let's see, Mike, Crayon, Gunner, Billy, David, Aaron, 
Kyle. Oh, I do got Kyle too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not that he listens to this podcast or anything. You know, oh, oh. Dustin. <laughs> you oh. know, I only got oh, a my. few more. <laughs> oh, I feel so bad, dude. But see, I, I have to get to know. That's why I left some names so nobody feels left out. <laughs> I was like, I got some more, but not many. I've got you. <laughs> I'm gonna go Courtney Timmy Love myself in the bathroom, dude. I can't do this, man. Timmy, uh, Daniel Ray, I haven't talked to in almost ten years. Timmy, I haven't talked to in three or four. I think I've talked to Timmy since you last have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's my friends. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, welcome to Stoner's Point Podcast. Uh, here with uh, us today is a special guest, our research assistant, Crayon. Hey. Yep. Uh, he's molesting the mic right now. Uh, not not Mike, the co-host, or some uh, whatever. Yeah, well, I'm not a team anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh boy. Yep. And um, today is he molesting though. If one wants it, because I can tell in his eyes. <laughs> He has quite the query about about evil. Me. Sad thing is, Mike does have a tramp stamp that says "Our bite mocked fry." So I. <laughs> <laughs> On the other side, it says "Got me oops." Oh, oh! Welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Stoner's Point, where <laughs> genocide is funny. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, it's going to, you know, I hope we get nice property in Cancelvania, you know. <laughs> nice little piece of land up there. I hear the coastline's <laughs> price. But, I mean, we're actually building up... Um, Fucking that Stephen Avery video got more views in one week than any of our other videos in one week. Hell yeah. Um, Columbine's up to 37 viewers. Getting there. Slow but sure. Yeah. I had a comment on the Stephen Avery video about how they couldn't listen to it because of the sound, and I apologized and said, tune in this week. Um, <laughs> you know. It was that hissing shit that we couldn't get rid of. Uh, from from the from the Radio Shack era splitter, <laughs> that should have been a clue. It was only going to last so long. Um, <coughs> Radio Shack, proud sponsors of Rider Truck Bombs. <laughs> like I said, that thing was older than as old as I am. I remember using that back when I had a wall. <laughs> I remember Walkmans. Remember the bass boost buttons? I remember. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, remember, remember, remember Star Wars? <laughs> remember, remember having 15 cassette tapes in your pockets and Remember you the around? first closed back headphones? Uh, I do remember. <laughs> remember headphones oh, yeah. that would actually make your eardrums ring? Yes, remember uh, the metal wiring? Remember? <laughs> you remember? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, now we go to China, we go to China and get knockoffs. Get something to splitter you by today. 
So today we're talking about. I'm super excited about it. Um, it's a lead in for several other future episodes. Um, I I love mafia shit, right? I love conspiracy. I love the CIA conspiracies, and you know who else I love? Whoever rolled this joint. Oh, that was me. You know, it's okay to be narcissistic. Speaking of narcissistic, today we're talking about. First slide over, Jimmy Hoffa, right? <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> wow. James Riddle Hoffa was born in February of 1913, right? So, I mean, that was like a long-ass time ago. He was too young for World War I. Um, he got himself out of World War II through some genius maneuvering. <laughs> did you read about how he did that? Four eight. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so <coughs> by the <clears throat> he he had he had risen by this time to like by the time World War Two came around, he had gotten really important in the Teamsters Union, which is you know for all these truckers and whatnot, and like as America was you know working for the war effort, trucking became super important, and he had he had his thumb pretty much on all the tr- the major trucking shop spots across. The Middle East, um, not Middle East, Midwestern United States, right? All the East Coast, everything. Um, if he, as the president of the Teamsters Union, said, everybody park your truck, half of our trucking industry stops like that. Yeah. So he went to the military and he's like, hey, um, you need me more on as a trucker because if I leave, they're just going to stop delivering things. And they're like, yeah, you stay home. <laughs> <laughs> like, he... he uh, he gangstered his way out of World War II. It was pretty, it was pretty genius. Um, and everybody's probably expecting this to be an episode all about his disappearance. Well, fuck that shit. We'll talk about his disappearance. But the disappearance, to me, um, when you look at the story of Jimmy Hoffa... It's the end of the story. It's the end of the story. And the biggest mystery is, like, what did they do with the body? That's all there is. There, there's no... Hoffa's not living on Tupac Island. You know what I'm saying? No, he, he did. He's dead. He is dead. <laughs> um, D E D. There are a few people that yeah. still know where he is, but they're but you ain't gonna find him. There's there there's a couple places like they're trying to search. They actually like tore up parts of Detroit of the fucking stadium or whatever. This it's too stadium. dry. <laughs> it's it's too dry in Detroit. <clears throat> um. <laughs> so yeah, and to to really talk about what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. And you don't understand, like, who Jimmy Hoffa was, right? <laughs> God, I need to find a clip from Half-Baked. To understand what happened to Killer the Dog, you have to understand who Killer the Dog was, see? So he was, bar- he was uh, born to this three-legged bitch mama, and he always was ashamed of that. <laughs> and he freaks out, and he starts smoking crack. <laughs> you ever seen Half-Baked? <laughs> no, I've got him. Oh, man, you should have seen that. Half-Baked is one of the good ones. I don't even know what era that was. Why uh, is everybody what was half baked? Why are y'all looking at me like I missed some kind of you did. cultural? You kind of the... did. <laughs> the, it's, it's it's basically the origin story for Dave Chappelle. <laughs> I mean, but it's it, it's it's fucking hilarious, dude. It's a great stoner movie. It's it's awesome. No, I didn't get into Dave Chappelle until they're like, <laughs> you got it. You got it. Ninety eight. 
98? Look at our research assistant. Yeah, fuck dude. Fuck you. Yeah. What the fuck was I doing? Also, I, I want to uh, just say that I, I misspoke whenever I said 4-H. I didn't actually. I don't even remember what you said 4-H about. Well, you just said he got himself out of World War II, and I just said 4-H, oh. because that's how a lot of individuals back then, males were, you know... Flat-footed marked, or nearsighted or... Right. Yeah. Disqualifiers, <laughs> and they were labeled 4-H, and uh, he actually wasn't ever labeled that. Oh, no. In 98, I was trying and failing miserably starting off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'd be like that. Yeah, I, I definitely wasn't in any kind of you know, good thing at that time. Yeah, you should. I think it's on HBO Max. Check it out, man. It's it's worth the watch. It's a funny movie. Um, but yeah, to you have to go all the way back. Well, we could go all the way back to Sicily, you know, and ancient Rome. But we're not. I don't think it's necessary to do that unless Mike, you have some things you'd like to say about the origin of the Sicilian mob and. Mafia and Omerta. If you wanted to go into that, we can. Um, no, I'm 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 fine with you know modern Well, how how about we start it at next slide <laughs> over the prohibition? Is that a good starting point to talking about think the American that mafia? This story <laughs> right into a good spot in the beginning of where uh, it evolved to what we know. All <laughs> right. So beforehand, it wasn't the same. In 1919, the Volstead Act was passed, right? Alcohol is, 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 is illegal, immoral, you know? There was this whole, like, campaign of, like, these, uh, oh, fuck, what were they called? I can't remember, but they were basically a bunch of hags that walked around in their Victorian age fucking clothing and dresses, marching in the street, holding signs, saying, if uh, lips that touch the bottle shall not touch ours, nobody wanted to fucking kiss them anyway unless they had been drinking but uh yeah that yeah, they they outlawed it and the more I, I the more i think about the prohibition um the more i think that the whole thing was kind of a a plan of making like illegal money on the black market of alcohol why is it always the people that have the least to worry about a problem or the ones that are screaming the loudest well, I mean, I'll be honest, right? There's, Next thing they went after was adultery because their husbands won't fucking them no more. <laughs> Look, if any one of these ladies are still alive, fine. I'll, I'll say it to her face, but I doubt they are. <laughs> they probably got beaten to death by their alcohol fucking... <laughs> well, we know one. <laughs> Jesus. Well, if they were that kind of Puritans, you know, they probably got the stake. I'm surprised they were out in public with them naked signs, you know. <laughs> like, we, we do know a modern day one. Huh? We lost Volstead. At what? What? No, no, no. Like you and I do know a uh, modern day woman who uh, who files under like this whole category of uh, wanting alcohol to be gone. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, uh, for thinking about the same person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but well, you lost me at modern But so the U.S. is voted dry, and this is basically seen by most citizens as. 
a shit move. <laughs> um, immediately, there is a, a need for liquor. Nobody wants to quit drinking. Even the senators who passed the laws went back to their offices and had a little sifter of brandy, right? So that, the liquor had to keep moving, even though it had to be illegal now. And the only way to do that is to put it into the hands of criminals. Um, oh, yeah. And so at the time you have the, uh, the there, there were crime families that were existence that they did like some, uh, they're like extortion and protection rackets. Gambling was a, was a thing, but they, they were, they were nobodies, you know, they were little, they were, they were small time until the U S was voted dry in 1919. And now they're big time because who already has the network for moving shit across? Who already has the guns, the muscle for the protection? The fucking, the, ga- the gangsters. Yeah, the, the folks that have been doing it for quite some time. Yeah. Um, in the early days of it, you had uh, people like uh, Al Capone, Sam Giancana, uh, Joe Kennedy, <laughs> who were involved in this liquor trade. Now, now Joe Kennedy, he kept himself kind of on the outskirts of it. But, you know, and they always, you'll, you'll, you'll find a lot of websites saying, oh, Joe Kennedy didn't make his millions in, in bootlegging. No, but he made it bootlegging adjacent, right? And right. and when booze was was finally legalized in the '30s, he already had everybody in place, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, so the the we we end up taking nobodies like Al Capone and Sam Giancana and making them into millionaire monsters, right? With cash rich, they own all the judges. Uh, the slide I got up now on the left is was it Hoffa or Fraziano, uh, father? No, I don't th- it wasn't Hoffa's, I don't it think. wasn't Hoffa's. Um, I know one of these families got started. Uh, yeah, his father, his father was a Pennsylvania Dutch. The situation that we're on now, their father started off as a bootlegger. Well, the Kennedy. The Kennedys. Joe Kennedy? Yeah. Yeah, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Joe Patrick. Uh, so yeah, Hoffa. He was uh, his, his dad was a Pennsylvania Dutch guy, right? But so when all this money's coming into the mob through liquor distribution or what have you, uh, they need to play. They need to wash the money, right? They can't do anything with it. They're just sitting all the stacks of cash, so they have to find a way to launder it. Now, gambling is already kind of frowned upon and, and illegal in most of the country. Um, like there's a couple little gambling places in, uh, in Vegas, like Atlantic city has like small little, there, there was more like numbers. You're, games. you're not going to put that kind of money through there. No. It's best to have a little Island somewhere nearby that, you know, is nice and supportive. Of what you're to do. Yeah. Uh, so they, their economy a lot. The, the mob has, has their own private guy, uh, Meyer Lansky, right? And Meyer Lansky, he's like the. He's the financial god of the mafia during this time. And he actually talks everybody into going down to Little Havana in Cuba. Right, where, you know, at the time, Cuba's under Batista's government. It's, it's you know, it, it, not too different than it is here. Um, or was here at that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Pretty they, much the way it still is now. They, they, they build these little hotel casinos, right? And it gives them a way to launder their money. And not only is it laundering their money, it's making them millions, right? And everything's going great. And here, go to the next slide. There's another picture of the Havana Riviera Hotel. 
Um, but and if and the reason I picked these pictures is because they they look exactly like the buildings that come up in Vegas later. Like there are buildings in Vegas now that are basically straight copies of these hotels. But there was a huge actually gambling alcohol industry in Havana. And this is how this is where Al, Al Capone's money went. This is where Sam Giancana's money went. This is where Kennedy had money tied up. Um, the, all the five families of the mob had money down in these fucking... It was the one thing they agreed on. There was actually a, a, a famous meeting in... Um, I want to say it was in New Jersey between, like, the, the main five families of New York and, like, the head families of, like, the outfit from Chicago and whatnot, and they all got together and kind of agreed on who took what piece of what when it came down to Havana. Um, so next slide over from Riviera. Fidel Castro changes all of this. Um, <laughs> under socialism, gambling <laughs> it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. Uh, yeah, so a communist revolution of Cuba happens. Now, I, this is a whole episode in of itself. <clears throat> the story of him and of uh, Fidel Castro and Che Guevara, like, crawling on their stomachs in a fucking sugar cane field for five days. <laughs> the only living members of their initial attack. Like, the, the attack of the, the story of the Cuban Revolution is a fucking awesome story. It would be a badass movie. Uh, they, they, they were basically like Rambos. <laughs> yeah. they, were, they were pretty badass, man. And uh, with a very small force, they took over the government of Cuba and made it into a communist well, that just shows you the power of a truly, like, dedicated force. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like, with a force with some backing, too. Right. Like they, <laughs> you know, right. They, they had a little bit of backing. They didn't have the numbers, but they had support. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, so this pretty much ends, you know, the, and once this happens, America, you know, with their anti-communist thing, well, we can't, no, no more trade with Cuba. You can't even go there. Like, nobody goes to Cuba. Nobody spends money in Cuba. And these these uh, casinos are fucking abandoned. Right? Now, they had small, like I said, they were small little gambling outfits in uh, um, this the next slide over from the picture of Castro. That is a picture of Las Vegas in 1930s. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, you see it over here, Crayon. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's Vegas in the 1930s. Um, that looks like my hometown yeah, there's today. A, there's a couple of bars, <laughs> you know, uh, and they, they have some number rackets and sports gambling things here. But this forces them, because they've lost everything that was in Cuba. They don't right. get that back, right? So they need a way to make this place into, uh, oh, there's Joe Kennedy randomly. He was supposed to be earlier. Um, yeah Union so the mob has had like a long and storied connection with uh, labor unions right Um, they use the, 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 the labor unions have often used the mob as muscle and the mob uses labor unions as as a different type of muscle you know what I mean also there's you know a lot if you've ever seen the Sopranos uh, there's this whole thing of like the the no-show jobs and shit like that you get from unions is so that people can have a legitimate paycheck, <laughs> right? <laughs> and But they never actually show up for work. Uh, yep. Dude, I swear, that's, that's my hometown, man. Put like, that in black and white? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Oh, yeah. So you grew up in Vegas in the 1930s? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a little town uh, downtown that I used to live in not too long ago. Yeah. Not too far from here. <laughs> I, I'm aware. <laughs> that um, we were amazed when they installed the stoplight. <laughs> so now, now we get into the Teamsters, right? The Teamsters Union was uh, the International oh, no, Brotherhood no, of no, Teamsters no, and Chauffeurs, Warehousemen and Helpers of America. Um, all your truckers, your loading docks, everything was based, they're all Teamsters drivers. You could go anywhere in America at a truck stop and a Teamsters, you know, driver would be there and you could get help from them. You know what I mean? It was, it was kind of like uh, being a Mason or in the Klan, you know? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> um, and the, the president at the time of, uh, at, at the same time that. Uh, almost like they were their own little organization. <laughs> um, it's it, the earlier days of the, the Teamsters the Teamsters actually started back in the 1800s but in the early days of the 1900s you know labor unions were starting to kind of gain traction after like your labor movements in West Virginia and shit like that and steel workers and all that uh, so labor unions were starting to gain traction and into this scene walks a young Jimmy Hoffa right Jimmy Hoffa is he's a member he's a Teamster and he works at a, he's a little driver for around, you know, for a farmer, carrying like strawberries and shit like that, farm warehouse. And he decides that since he's, you know, they're, they're trying to like keep the, the warehouse workers from being unionized, he just tells the warehouse workers, leave the goddamn strawberries on the dock. Right? Strawberries all over Chicago, or it was Detroit, I think it was Detroit, uh, start fucking, yeah, rotting out. And <laughs> like, he, he actually wins. That's like his first real like appearance on the scene. It breaks out in a brawl. There's people trying to get to work. The bosses are out there. The cops get called in. Like, but Hoffa, and he, he does this. Like, he gets in random people's trucks that aren't Teamsters, like when they're stopping for gas. <laughs> He'll just get in the truck and force basically kidnap them. Like, no, no, continue your route. And he talks to them about joining the Teamsters. And then he'll just have them let it out. He'll get out at a random exit and find another teamster to go back, take him back home. You um, know what? Here's the, that's forced his job. Kind of. <laughs> here, here, here's the thing, right? Strawberries <laughs> today are expensive, right? But that's just because strawberries are always and have always been extremely hard to harvest. Yeah. You know, so you can only imagine you have thousands of pounds, you know, almost thousands of tons of strawberries, you know, it's almost like. Just rotting away. So that bitches price like the strawberries. Just, yeah, it's just going up and up and up. So it's, yeah. yeah, and all of a sudden, like, every fucking housewife people, in the fucking nation is getting pissed off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the people can't buy a fucking buy a pack of strawberries to fucking please them. People <laughs> are going to be listening, and that's the thing people don't understand is these trade jobs that people look down on. They have more. They have more of a say on the they country have more power. than yeah. <laughs> than, than the bankman over more, there in his fancy power. suit and tie. Like I'm I'll be living honest. it right now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, just because I say it don't mean I, I won't listen so to not, my own damn work. Not, not only I mean, did you have, like, police and corporate power working, uh, try to break up unions, you also had to defend the your union from raids by other unions. I mean, it's also <laughs> happened in Canada, too. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. People should really pay attention to our brethren to the north. <laughs> um... What? So, yeah, he, he worked to defend Teamsters from raids by other unions. 
Um, oh, yeah. And uh, he extended their influence from the Midwest, all across the Midwest, from the 30s to the late 40s. Like, he actually did that. He grew that union. Um, he ended up becoming president of the local 299 in December of 46. And then he rose to lead the combined group of Detroit area locals and became head of the Michigan Teamsters groups. Um, and at the height of his popularity, Jimmy Hoffa was like, he was second in power only to the president, honestly. Like, he had no political power, but he was, he, he was well-known. You know what I mean? He was like, he was almost like Elon Musk today, right? If Elon Musk worked with unions and had, like, a, a, a following. Well, he, Elon Musk does have, like, his own following. Pretty much does. Yeah, so, I mean, he, he, he was something like that, right? He was somebody that had a lot of respect and a lot of power in the country. Jimmy's Hoff is like, everybody now only knows him because he was, he's that guy that got disappeared, right? And no, there's a lot more to it. Like, the dude was well fucking known in his time. There was hardly a person on the, in the United States to not know the name and face of Jimmy Hoffa. Um, that's why it was actually a big deal when he disappeared, right? Anybody disappears, like, well, fuck ever. Somebody disappeared, nobody really hears about it fucking 40 years later. This motherfucker was somebody, you know what I mean? He was a huge somebody. And one could be said, like, he had more power in some ways than the president. Who's going to drive them fucking trucks? You know what I mean? Who's going to fucking work in the warehouses? Um, he had a lot of power. He was a very powerful person. And the Teamsters was a huge union with lots of money being paid in on dues. And one of the things these unions do, see what I did there? Unions do. Um, <laughs> one of the things these unions do is they set up, like, pension plans for their members, Right? So all this money that gets paid in dues, part of it goes into this pension fund. Well, the pension fund can work somewhat like a bank. A little bit. <laughs> uh, it can be, little loans can be given out with interest for the pension fund, and parts of that are actually completely legal. Um, so with that in mind, you know, I think of the Teamster, you know, well, I have to introduce you to the Teamster's lawyer, Bill Buffalino, right? Uh, Bill Buffalino was the brother of Russell Buffalino, uh, who was a gangster from uh, Joyce, I believe, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, not Joyce. Um, but he was the attorney who represented the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. His connections with his, through his brother to the Buffalino crime family, right, gave these, these mobsters who needed somewhere to fucking, you know, needed somewhere to build a new Havana. They needed to fund the building of this new Havana. And they, like I said, they had income, right? They, there was mafia money coming in. But they needed a huge, like, cash-ready, you know, source of money to build Vegas. And so they used the International Brother Teamsters Pension Fund, <laughs> right? And this is, this is like a marriage made in hell that goes on for a little while. Meanwhile... <laughs> That's the next slide over from him. Uh, yep, the next slide over from that picture, Hoffa. That's Bill Buffalino there. Um, they actually, in the movie The Irishman, they got uh, Ray Romano to play him. And they, they did pretty good. <laughs> like, it it kind of looks like a chubby Ray Romano. Or, well, normal Ray Romano now. Um, and that is Russell Buffalino. Uh, the next picture over. Russell Buffalino. Um... Yeah, the, he was the crime boss of the Northeastern Pennsylvania Italian-American Mafia, known as the Buffalino Crime Family. Um, he, he, uh, let's see, there was 
something else I want. No, no, that was it about Buffalino for now. Um, Buffalino, he had he had uh, connections with people all over, you know, all all kinds of like random ass criminals, right? Including one Frank Sheeran, who was a who was also a teamster. Um, Frank Sheeran is the guy from the story. So I hear you paint houses, and Robert Nero played him in The Irishman. Um, he gets assigned to uh, kind of be like a personal bodyguard for for Hoffa. Um, Hoffa at this time, he's still, you know, rising up through the ranks of shit, and he's making some enemies because, you know, there's there's things he's doing, like, you know, dumping a bunch of fucking cabbies off into the Chicago River because they, you know, because of these union wars. And they want to keep Hoffa safe because Hoffa's the one that's kind of making sure that the mob's money is flowing where it needs to flow. So they give him Frank Sheeran as like a bodyguard, you know. Um, there's this famous thing, a line where basically uh, he gets on a phone call with uh, Hoffa. Frank Sheeran and Hoffa get on a phone call together. And Hoffa says, well, so I hear you paint houses. Painting houses is a reference to killing, right, yeah. to assassinations. And he says, Frank responds with, yes, and I do my own carpentry too, which means he gets rid of the bodies. Um, so that's... That's the that's the start of this, right? That's now now we can start talking about the rest of the shit going on in the world. <laughs> Anybody got any input up to this point? Next slide over is a picture of Vegas. <laughs> in uh Vegas in the nineteen sixties. <clears throat> well in thirty years they turned it into that. Well you got Traficante how many in, uh how many maroon southern side that is linked with that Bonanno uh, crime family up there. Uh, the Buffalino? Uh, <laughs> um, so I can't keep those damn names straight. There's too damn many of them that are playing into this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, he was the, uh, the the head down there in Florida uh, organized that down from between Florida and Cuba that kind of messed up into that. Uh, who had uh, I uh, can't remember which one of them got the dang on lawyer first uh, Frank Gano, who was that yeah he did it and uh, he, he got Regano uh, to actually uh, tie in with Hoffa as being his lawyer as well for things to deal with that whole Bond thing. Did that come up in the your bit? Or is it all up there in the... No, I'm, I missed over that. I guess I missed that part. But yeah, go, what, what do you got going on with it? Well, I, I, I couldn't find a whole lot that I actually actually trust out I was fine with it. Yeah. Um, Second hand stories of you know what may yeah. have happened because I mean, when you're looking for stuff in the mob, nobody ever really wants to talk about stuff. Huh. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's I, almost like you become like Hoffa if you do. I found the main. I found a lot of the main players. Like I said, there's that one guy that is, is a ghost. Um, but yeah, that I think that guy had a connect. What you're talking about is a uh, had a connection from like Meyer Lansky and Sam Giancana's days. Um, right, so the, these these family, it's hard to put which ones are in what spot and who did what first. And because like I said, these names. And they all tie in with you know, Cuba, Florida, New York, and Vegas, but who was where? It's, man, it's, 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 
it's like a bad movie. Well, yeah, it, almost like a Scorsese film. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, so, it's, yeah, it's 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 totally disorganized because everything I found was completely disorganized. Yeah, and uh, that's almost purposeful. You know what I mean? I, so it felt that way. What you have to do is you can't look at like the individual stories. You have to look at the timeline of who people who are like confirmed to be involved, right? That's how I got with with Meyer Lansky and Sam Giancana. They together they you know are are their own thing. They're they're each their own thing, but they have their. You look at their associations and shit like that, and you find out that they're ro- rubbing elbows with both of them. Rubbed elbows with Joe Kennedy, uh, Santo Traficante, the outfit. Yeah, Santo Traficante. He's he's the one I was referring to that uh, referred Regano referred uh, Hoffa to Regano to be his lawyer. Also, another family of uh, uh, Carlos Marcelo in New Orleans. Um, yeah, they, I actually they, I didn't see anything about New Orleans. Uh, they, well, they're they're players in part of the end of the story. And I couldn't find ties into the bit that you're going with now, other than Hoffa's going to be the lawyer thing. And yeah, because he, he can't use the Teamsters lawyer for yeah, his he criminal gets Regano, and, Yeah, which ties in with uh, Traficante and Marcelo. <laughs> I, I'm a dumbass American. I can't wrap my mouth around these. I've watched names. enough mafia movies that no, it kind of helps, no. but that's about it, you know. And I eat a lot of Italian food, but uh, yeah, I'm not great at it. <coughs> um, yeah, I couldn't watch The Godfather. Oh, really? Nope. Oh, dude, I've watched The Godfather it. several times. I couldn't do it. <laughs> Which is why when this come up, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <coughs> well, I mean. Thing is, the thing I think I like about mafia stories is like almost every mob boss, their story follows the the hero's journey. You know what I'm saying? Like the you get the same story with like Darth Vader and yeah, Luke Skywalker got, and Jesus. You got Traficante well, connection with some of the other stuff up in, in New York with the and he's having to. Like I said, there, there's connections there, but I couldn't find those connections. Yeah, you just have to look at who they're associated with because the stories are so fucking spread out. You know what I mean? And they're, they're everywhere. These guys, mafia guys, like, traveled around like admin or something, dude. They're just always moving. <laughs> like, <laughs> also, I'd like to interject that there's an argument to be said that Vader was still a hero in the end. Kind of like an anti-hero. Look, I've always said that what Vader did was bring balance to the Force. Exactly. Well, yes, he, did. Exactly. He, thought he was He was kind of the good guy in the story, but he's the bad guy all along because the Empire was the good guys. Yeah, that's what. Well, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's that's my thing well, is like he did bring balance to established civilization, and you got a group of rebels that are trying to overthrow it. Look at this guy. I'm not a. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not a nerd. I'm not, I'm not a Star Wars nerd. I'm just a fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody can see the allegories. Come on. Oh God, this guy. Accept it, bro. <laughs> so, America, now we got to back back up to the world scene again, right? Now that we've gone, we've, we've carried Hoffa up to this point. Um, there's, there's the U.S. government, which at this time, uh, uh, who, Eisenhower? No, Johnson. Johnson. Johnson was president, right? And, yeah. No, 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 it wasn't Johnson. That, that's silly. I'm fucking retarded. Um... Ike. It was Ike. I, Nixon was Ike's vice president, right? 
I think so. We have a research assistant. He's on it. You're going to make me Google it. Nope. We got a research assistant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I knew it yesterday. (laughs) I think you're right. You had to ask me a question. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's what? What do you got over there? I'm I'm slow. Jesus. Are you tight? Are you texting with your toenails? What the <laughs> fuck is happening? I ate lead chips. He's over there just teabagging his screen to find the fuck, try to hit the right letters. <laughs> Stoner's Point Podcast, where we don't always know the facts, but we'll find them. Hero Agnew. No, that was his vice president. Who was he the vice president to? Okay. <laughs> I only know this name Spiro Agnew White, because of, it was it was, it was Eisenhower. The Eisenhower, yes. Okay, from, so Ike. He so served. during Ike's during the end of Ike's term, the CIA and whatnot comes up with a plan. Fifty three to sixty one. He served VP to Eisenhower. Well, far I apologize out. for being like. <laughs> The slow kid on the block. So there's there's a secret plan to uh, to invade Cuba, right? Invade at the Bay of Pigs. Okay. Now this is a plan that everybody puts puts on Kennedy, but it was actually a plan that was brought up and work, started to become worked on during Eisenhower's. So during the debates, everybody wanted whoever became the next president to be tough on Castro, including the mob. Who wanted their goddamn they casinos? Wanted you <laughs> they, 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 they want fucking Habana Riviera back. They are tired of getting blowjobs from these fucking greedy American bitches. They want to go down to Cuba, you know. So, <clears throat> um, now during the debates, cheaper is better, man. During the debates, Nixon knew about this top secret plan to invade Cuba and overthrow Castro, but he couldn't say anything about it. He couldn't come up with a plan during these debates because he already knew had a plan, and he couldn't just say make something up because then he's lying in the debate, right? Not that not that Nixon was known for his, his <laughs> that honesty. That would never <laughs> ever happen. So people. during have these the debates, most honest politicians in this nation that ever the world has ever seen, there's never any corruption. Everything is. Nixon even later said that because of his inability to talk on Castro. Then Kennedy, you know, his inability to appear tough on Castro may is what won Kennedy the nineteen sixty election, right? I just love how the gentleman we were just talking about literally has the nickname later on in his political career as Tricky Dicky (laughs) for his I am not a crook. Yeah, (laughs) for his incredible talent of boldface looking at the American public and lying to their face, and then being found out upon. My 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 favorite my my favorite Nixon thing is, hey, you group of scientists that I appoint, I need you to study the effects of marijuana so that I can make an informed decision on the war on drugs and whether or not we're going to do it. Okay. Several months later, hey, we did a lot of studies, and uh, we need to do some more, but it looks pretty safe. Really, there seems to be no reason to outlaw it or regulate it whatsoever. <laughs> Throws it in the trash and starts the drug war. <laughs> oh, oh, 
too. Moved over. All right, well, the next one over. So, Kennedy, next slide over is Castro and Kennedy. They're, you know, put together like that by the PowerPoint program. It worked great, actually. Um, so, Kennedy is tough on, looks tough on Castro. So, uh, Joe Kennedy, remember Joe Kennedy, the daddy of this Kennedy, and his connection with the mafia? He makes a deal, right, with, with the mob, like the outfit in Chicago, Texas as well, I think. There's like a mob group down there. Um, says, if you get my boy in, I'll make sure he leaves you alone, right? And he's going to go after Castro, and you're gonna, we're all going to get our, our casinos back. So the mafia does what, you know, go, goes around, and they find all these census reports in Chicago, Texas, whatnot, and, you know, that haven't been updated from people who, they find people who died who hasn't been updated yet in the census for the local vote, voting thing, right? Hmm. So they're going around, they're finding all these graves of people who died yesterday, day before, and they write their names down, and then they vote for them, right? They do so much of this <laughs> that, um, like, 87% of the votes from Chicago, from the, the mafia district of Chicago, <laughs> straight Kennedy. <laughs> they, ballot, uh, they ballot stuff the shit out of the fucking election, and they put Kennedy in. Kennedy's our boy. Kennedy's going to give us Savannah back. Kennedy's going to go soft on organized crime. <clears throat> so, you know, next slide over is one of my favorite pictures of Kennedy. Not my favorite picture of Kennedy. My favorite picture of Kennedy. You know, he swears he's going to go to war with Kibu. That's the next one. Takes the glove off. We do not intend to be lectured on intervention by those whose character was stamped for all time on the bloody streets of Budapest. It is not the first time communist tanks have rolled over gallant men and women. Cuba must not be abandoned to the communists, and we do not intend to abandon it. I am determined upon our system's survival and success, regardless of the cost and regardless of the peril. <laughs> Kennedy. Um, and like a shitty... I got Kennedy a lot person. of cool toys that the government's secretly making, and I want to use them. <laughs> I'm going to need Give you to do the rest excuse. of the podcast in that voice. Huh? I won't need you to do the rest of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. President, what do you think we should do next, sir? Ah, <laughs> uh, 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 era. <laughs> uh, my my Kennedy impression has been helped by watching a lot of Mayor Quimby from The Simpsons. <laughs> All right, so next you've over, you have Cuba, right? Now the Bay of Pigs, as you see there, is a little butt crack of Cuba. Right now, that's where they decide to do this invasion of these uh, Cuban expatriates that they've been training in Florida to go in and do this invasion. Kennedy, for some reason, and one day we'll do, maybe we might do the whole Bay of Pigs as an episode, but Kennedy, for some reason, takes all the teeth out. He's like, they're like, hey, we need this many aircraft and this much support to take out these bases here, to take out these, these um, locations. And Kennedy's like, you got half that. <laughs> do it with half so what they do is they, they get there and they're able to take out half of Castro's air, air support half of his fucking shit they're able to half invade Cuba right and the, these guys who are these Cuban like expatriates that are going in to invade Cuba they were supposed to have the CIA helping them like they all said this later and they get there and they start going up the beach and they turn around, and the CIA guys are, like, on their boat, like, bye. 
they weren't allowed to actually go. <laughs> they dropped them off. They thought we were they, going with them. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, a few years later, we learned yeah. our mistake from that, and we actually sent the CIA yeah. in to start the war. Yeah, the uh, the yeah. people who like, uh, the the people the people who we left there, we we remembered them in later years. Well, we don't use the nationals as you know rebels as hold the CIA back anymore. We send the CIA back in to incite the rebels that are there. I'm pretty sure the red shirts from the original Star Trek series were what we were trying to say about these guys. <laughs> uh, they got it. But you see, and, and here, here's the thing about needing... Problem solved, eh? Here's the thing about needing that amount of air support, right? Is when you're invading or trying to take <coughs> over you know, an, an enemy stronghold, you need a at least three to one numerical... You kind of want to, yeah. Well, no, like it's it's math proven, yeah. Like it's yeah. it's proven. Like if it's a fortified position, you need at least a three to one advantage in your in your favor. I mean, and that's yeah. And Kennedy, for some reason, I, I, and they're just like he just like now nah, fuck this invasion, <laughs> kinda. <laughs> what, what better way to solve somebody else's? Well, problem? I know part of the problem was that it had been like it it was kind of secret at the time, but. If they'd basically been told, no, you do not have permission to do this. So yeah, the CIA were, was like, was, we can still do it. We these were dissidents. It was, it was Cuban a nationalists. Yeah, yeah ex, ex-Cuban nationalists. Yeah, what, what it was. It right. Was, so what better way to eliminate somebody else's problem than to, hey, we're going to uh, kind of fake this and just, you know, these well, are all the guys that you want dead. You go ahead and. Well, but then the only problem, the only person we're helping then is Castro. Yeah. <laughs> well, why would we help Castro? <laughs> no, no, what it was, what it was, it was like a faint, you know, it was, it, he flinched. As a president, in that moment, he flinched, which would later on lead to a harsher decision. Next picture over? Either that or that could have been the very beginning of our little Cold War, because he may, he might have got a phone call from overseas to tell him, you better not, and he That's didn't want to face from us. That's what I mean. So he, he just, flinched. Yeah, that he, was he, the he, moment where he flinched. It was and then never later meant on, to actually succeed. At, 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 from the time he went in, it was it was a fake. Did you see the next picture here, Crown? That's that's actually my favorite picture, of Kennedy. Well, my favorite picture, of Kennedy, takes place like two seconds after that. Leave him to six. We want a cute, hat cute. What was it? The uh, the zipper. The Zapruder film. Yeah, the Zapruder film. Yeah. Um. So. This pisses Fidel right the fuck off, right? As it should. And this also pisses a good part of the American people off. Right? As it should. <laughs> so Kennedy has egg all over his face. He needs mm. to distract the... Distract. 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 Change we got to deflect. Nobody look. Change, change the narrative. Well, see, he had appointed his little brother, Bobby Kennedy, next picture over, as the Attorney General of the United States. Uh, he literally just gave the dude a job, <laughs> right? Um, and so he decides to do the one thing that he should keys, jingly keys, jingly keys. He does the one thing that, you know, he broke one promise already about being tough on Castro because for the rest of his presidency, you see nothing but him backpedaling on communism, Castro, all of it. He gets soft on it from this point. Dude, he flinched. So he, he had made this other, well, his dad made this other promise to him for the mob. He would leave them alone. So Bobby Kennedy starts the uh, organized crime hearings <laughs> and starts hauling in 
all these crooked politicians, all these mobsters, and have these congressional hearings. And that, they were they're great. I, I listened to a lot of them. They are fucking great. This dude doesn't take no shit. Bobby Kennedy didn't take shit from nobody. <laughs> like, this motherfucker didn't back down from nothing. Their dad over here like, what the hell are they doing, bro? <laughs> <laughs> you had one job. <laughs> one job. Um, the next slide over from the picture of Kennedy and his brother is a picture of uh, Hoffa and Kennedy outside the hearing, and they are still arguing. <laughs> um, they, they have some of the fucking ugliest like banter back and forth on these recorded hearings. I love it though, man. <laughs> it's great. It's like, I don't know who I like more in these hearings. Because <laughs> they're just nipping at each other the whole fucking time. He, he, Kennedy kind of makes an implication that Hoffa's involved in communism. Hoffa goes, the fuck off. <laughs> you do not fucking say that. I'm not a fucking communist. None of my friends are communists. If they were, I don't fucking know about it. <laughs> I'm an American. Like, he goes, and Kennedy, like, this is the only time he's like, well, I, uh, I, uh. <laughs> he kind of lets that one slide. I didn't mean that. <laughs> but um, this starts a war. Between Hoffa and Kennedy. And Kennedy basically makes it his fucking thing that he is going to lock Hoffa up. Because Kennedy is investigating Hoffa because of the Teamsters pension fund. Right? He knows that the mob is using this money. And he knows it's coming from the Teamsters. And he knows that Hoffa knows about it. Um, he eventually does get him. You know, by the way, the next picture ever. That's, uh, that's what Hoffa said to uh, Kennedy. Like, that picture actually comes from the congressional hearings. <laughs> like, it, it is my favorite picture of Hoffa. I really want to get a Stoner's Point t-shirt and put that on it. Like, <laughs> that is the best I would, picture of Hoffa. I would never stop wearing it. <laughs> uh, for our people who aren't watching the video, it is a picture of Hoffa doing the discreet rubbing his eye, giving the finger. <laughs> Not so discreet. <laughs> no. The eyes also say, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that is a man that is ready to go to war. So the next slide over, uh, Hoffa gets found guilty in this union pension fraud case, like like wire fraud and all kinds of shit. Um, he gets sentenced to, I think, 20 years. Hold on, let me pull that up. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he, was, he also gets hit for jury tampering because he tried to bribe one of the jurors. Um, he gets convicted, uh, for eight years for the, uh, jury tampering and he's, he goes on bail for that for appeal. And then he goes to the, uh, wire fraud and mail fraud for the pension fund and gets sentenced to another five years. So it's actually like 16 years, something like that. Uh, no, 13 years, right? But he spends the next three years successfully appealing his 1964 conviction. Um, while he's waiting trial, next slide over, uh, there's a picture of him going into prison. I kind of remember looking like that when I was going into prison. Kennedy dies. You haven't heard the last of me? <laughs> um, For I am Skeletor. And like I said, this is going to be its whole own episode if, if it gets voted in. But the mob was very mad at Kennedy. The mob wanted this fucking investigation to stop as well. And, you know, they didn't get what they wanted in Cuba. Maybe the next, you know, maybe Johnson, who was actually, at the time, it was a common practice to have 
a Democrat president, a Republican vice president, mm-hmm. or vice versa. I think it was actually a pretty cool system. Yeah, you pick uh, your vice president was the uh, basically <clears throat> the person that lost against you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, so Johnson it was was pretty right wing, you know. Johnson was pretty hardcore. Johnson would have been hard, would would be harder on communism. Maybe that would get them back what they wanted. If nothing else, at least it stops this fucking investigation because they were getting real close to the ballot stuffing investigation, right? They're like Bobby was getting his nose <laughs> through underneath uh, JFK's administration. They were getting their nose in some places that the, the mafia was very uncomfortable with, and so was the CIA. So, <laughs> um, so Kennedy dies. Next slide over. That's Hoffa's reaction. That's how Hoffa felt about it. Um, What do you think about Kennedy's assassination, Crayon? Tell you what, if it was Lee Harvey Oswald, it was a hell of a shot, bro. (laughs) Hey, man, nice shot. (laughs) Like, I'm telling you, and it was the ultimate blonde reaction for anyone to display. I mean, I'm talking. You get smacked on the right side of your face, and you turn into the smack. You know, um, we like, talked earlier about Sam Giacana. Let me in the back of the dome. Let me mention some of his known associates and see if any of these names ring a bell. Frank Sinatra, hmm. Judith Exner, John F. Kennedy. Now, Judith Exner was a fuck toy of JFK's and Sam Giacana's. <laughs> uh, Joseph go? Kennedy. Johnny Rosselli, Santo Trificanti Jr., the CIA, Jack Ruby, <laughs> Tony Spilotro, Phyllis McGuire. Those names stand uh, should out. Should we go Marilyn to how this... was uh... and one of JFK's fuck toys, too, and Frank Sinatra's. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody in the J- mob. Yeah. Should we go into how this guy was just like... Oh, I was just going to say, like, should we go into how this guy was just like a straight-up sex addict? Uh, JFK? Yeah, dude, like... Yeah, and he, he shared all of his sex, fuck toys on the side he shared with mobsters. Yeah, Every one of them. Not just Marilyn Monroe and Judah. Like, he would actually have <laughs> headaches, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> homeboy get, had to get that nut out, bro. <laughs> 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 it was just too much for him to carry around. Like, he survived being, you know, freaking cut in half on a... His PT bow getting cut in half by, you know... Uh, you know Jack, and and it's, it ain't like he had Jack an unhot wife, boat. right? Jackie, you know, right? She, she reminds me... She's pretty in the way that, like... Uh, you ever seen Ozarks? Yeah. Ruth, sometimes she's hot, sometimes she's not. That's, that's how Jackie O is. When she's hot, she's fucking hot. And then For sometimes, me, not so much. There's this... She, guilty pleasure. She had this one... Hot. She was like, super hot in this one outfit. It was like this pink thing that had like little spots of red. <laughs> <laughs> Let them see what they've done. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the the fact that, the he's, that he's connected through fuck toys and through the guy who killed his assassin, you know, it, it that points to me as way more evidence than than should be there of a connection to his assassination and the mafia. At least Sam Giacana, I could I could find more, <laughs> you know. Um, we'll get to that if we ever have to do, if we ever have to do the Kennedy episode, which I'm excited to do. But goddamn, that's going to be a lot of work. That might be a two parter. I I'll, I'll probably probably uh, even like a three. Dude. Probably won't eat for like a week. <laughs> 
Uh, next slide over. And before he gets out of prison, Bobby's also killed. But yeah, this is here again with uh, Traficante and uh, that lawyer, Regano, upon hearing upon Kennedy's assassination, actually celebrate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, it was, they, were, they were really happy that the That's president rough. they put there, they were able to take out. Um, Russell rough. Buffalino. <laughs> um, but he also uh, had told Regano that the CIA had once asked him for help in assassinating Castro in Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, 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 Hoffa was once kind of threatened by uh, Russell Buffalino. And Russell Buffalino, because Hoffa had this thing of, you can't touch me. You know? And Buffalino says, we can whack a president of the United States. What makes you think we can't whack a president of the Union? Right? And, <laughs> you know, and he said, now that's hearsay, right? What was that now? <laughs> <laughs> you wanted me to do what? But, um, so time goes by. He finally gets a presidential pardon, Hoffa does, from Nixon. Under a certain, there's a certain thing to it, though. He can no longer be involved in union politics. He can't be, he, he can't be involved for like 10 years, like a 10-year ban. You know, and um, he initially is like, okay, but then immediately, immediately starts fighting back. Um, he was suing to invalidate the restrictions so that he could reassert his power over the Teamsters. It's that white-collar play, bro. Um, he's also being held back from this. The person that's in charge of the Teamsters now lets the mob, um, especially a guy under under the head of a guy, uh, Tony Provisano, or Tony Pro, um, is using the current leader of the Teamsters Union to, it, it's now open season on this pension fund, right? They're, instead of doing it kind of in limited ways that Hoffa was letting them do it, that, that was allowing them to do what they needed, Tony Pro and his group is just getting fucking greedy, right? And they're using this guy as a puppet, which Hoffa well, would have never allowed. And you want to supposedly it's... conveyed a message through his lawyer to Traficante down there in Florida and Mar- Marcello. That uh, the situation with Kennedy should be arranged. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was no That's secret. According to his lawyer in his own book, the mob wanted him gone. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, he's he he's not only like being opposed from the U.S. government from getting back into the Teamsters. Uh, the the mob doesn't want him back on. Yeah, the, the mob doesn't want Hoffa back. They want him to lay low. Yeah, they get the hell out of and, out of Kennedy's way. And he go, he keeps going to the mob for help, and they're like, "No, no, you need to shut up. You need to take what you got. You know, take your money, and go home." But he didn't. Uh, he he fucking refused. <laughs> he did not. Um. So finally, they decide there's going to be a meeting for peace, right? Let's see. Oh, there's there's Hoffa's reaction to Bobby Kennedy's death. <laughs> nice middle finger in the eye. Um, yeah, this picture is from when he was doing his arguments, his his suits to try and get back into the Teamsters. Uh, next slide over. Who's this guy? You need to get out. Um, he got out in motherfuck. Uh, 1971. Five years into his 13 year sentence. Um, yeah, he, he got a $1.75 million lump sum termination from the Teamsters. Uh, yeah, so, 
And it was actually that type of pencil segment had never and has never since occurred with the Teamsters. Um, they also then endorsed Nixon in his presidential re-election bid. Uh, you know, that's... <laughs> Isn't funny how how money just talks into politics all the time. Every time you mm. you're never two clicks away from either the mob or politics <laughs> or black cocks. <laughs> huh. 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 Hmm. So Tony Pro and uh, Anthony Giacalone. That's that's Tony Pro. That's who that fucking picture is. All right. They decide, they, they work with Hoffa, and they say they're going to meet him at the Marcus Red Fox Dining on uh, yeah. on July 30th, right? Now, again, huh? oh, his lawyer. Yeah. About what? Like dicks or? No. no uh, I, I, was, I, I already well, I was, closed that window. Oh, yeah. I, was, I was counting the keystrokes. So I was. Oh, there won't no keystrokes, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> again, about this time, his lawyer uh, sent another word through uh, Traficante. Get with Hoffa and tell him. Yeah. Um. In fact, uh, Bill had Bill and Russell had gotten Bruce Frank. Little, so there's a bigger connection yeah. with the, the the families down south and. Yeah. Um. Frank is also telling them. Uh. In, as told him is like, look, that the mob, the like, you know, Russ, uh, uh, Conte, all these guys, they're saying it is what it is, which is kind of like their way of saying, hey, you need to shut the fuck up or you're going to die. It was like their final warning to him, and he he kind of he shuts up a little bit, but then it, he he keeps he's still trying to get that back. They know he's not really going to stay quiet, and he has at this point in time several times been threatened to expose the mob, uh, and also their um, connection with the CIA and the Cuba involvement and all that shit. Uh, so it becomes pretty much everybody but Jimmy's best interest to get rid of Jimmy. Um, they make Jimmy wait. And Jimmy Hoffa hated waiting, right? That should have been his cue. I think they actually gave him, and this is why I think uh, his buddy Frank was the one, like, in the Irishman, you know, says, I think he's the one that actually did the, did the hit. Because Hoffa wouldn't wait for anybody more than 15 minutes. Hoffa waited in this parking lot for hours, hours and hours, waiting on these people to show up. He would have never done that, Right. And his friend, Frank, who is his bodyguard from the mafia, you know, knows that. So I think that he delayed, you know, he made Hoffa wait all that time, delaying him arriving so that it would give Hoffa, Hoffa would be gone. Hoffa would leave. Hoffa would see that nobody showed up and realize what happened. But they finally show up. Hoffa's still there. And really, that's all we know is Hoffa vanished from the fucking, uh, from the, from the Red Fox. Everything I found was, you know, they say that he pulled up there and that's just the last place to be known, but there's a few of the stories from the other folks that say that Hoffa never went there. Well, yeah, there's... His a, car was taking them. Yeah, there's anecdotal, you know, like, things of people saying, yeah, I seen him over there using the phone. You know, his wife got a phone call from the Red Fox in from him, uh, basically saying, yeah, I'll be home in a few hours. You know, um... Yeah, he may have never been there, but there's there, there's enough for me to say that he was. You know, I, I think he was there, um, and that's that's where the facts fall off. Now, there's other stories. One one of the one of my favorites was that they just rolled up. They threw his ass into like a car, rolled that car to the box of a back box truck, and just pulled off. That one was fun. Um, <laughs> 
there's never stories, left the car. There's stories that he got <laughs> put into a barrel. Um, uh, the Iceman, Richard Kuklinski, claimed to have killed him, but it it doesn't really add up um, the time frame of the way he did his killings. Iceman did there. There was no. They had the car, right? They have his car, and the Iceman describes stabbing him in the back of the head with a knife, you know, from the back seat of the car. There is no blood in the car, <laughs> right? There, there's, and this would leave more blood than the mafia can clean up. Yeah, right? a, a stab into the brain like that. <laughs> well, you're gonna bleed. You're gonna bleed, but I mean, you could bag it off. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, if you do it that Frank way. Frank I mean, Sheeran claimed that. Uh, they went to this house where this meeting was going to take place and that they uh, walked in the door and immediately Hoffa realizes that the place had been kind of staged for his killing and he tries to get away. He's like, tries to get past Frank. Frank shots, shoots him twice in the side of the head and leaves and Tony Pro's boy actually like gets rid of the body. Um, he was going to be a made man. <laughs> um yeah so like there's all kinds of stories on who killed him how he killed him if he got killed uh <laughs> <laughs> well see the again like i'm saying this this family <coughs> on the on the southern side uh i'm not sure if uh, traficante family and hoffa were really close friends in some way or another but the lawyer um was making a big thing, especially over here in 1992, um, and that he had actually relayed that request from Hoffa to Traficante and Marcello, asking the two mafia bosses to kill Kennedy. Um, he, he said it on multiple occasions. Um, he said he met at Hoffa at the Teamsters headquarters and then delivered the message to Traficante and Marcello a few days later in the Royal Orleans Hotel. Uh, he said he was chosen because both as Hoffa and Traficante's lawyer that he would have the whole attorney-client privilege thing to go on. Um, so, uh, and uh, one of those, I can't remember which one it was, I can't find that particular excerpt where he, st- where, yeah, he states that uh, Traficante on his deathbed was recounting you know, some of the things that you know, his life stories, whatever you know, that people do when they're you know, on their deathbed. And one of his remarks was that, you know, we should have got Bobby instead of Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got the, Bob, John, Bobby got got. Um, yeah, later, <laughs> after things went south. And, yeah, but, yeah, I, I, I'm, there, I think these guys had might have some kind of a tie into the whole thing. I mean, you got a lawyer that was there. Well, he's right not getting after, any clout for responsibility, so... The guys that are saying, "Yeah, I did it," and all this stuff, you know, they're probably just trying to look for foul. This yeah. guy gets well, nothing from right saying. after. Right after Kennedy dies, uh, John Kennedy dies. Bobby stops his investigation. Right, just stops everything. Because you, yeah, <laughs> and that, uh, that's why I think he didn't get killed right away. Because they're like, "Well, he got the message." Then he starts running for president. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, not, that's not gonna. Happen. <laughs> no. And have you ever listened to any of his like speeches and whatnot, Bobby from his his run for president? I, I like Bobby. <laughs> I like Bobby. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Jimmy Hoffa goes missing. 
Um, who the fuck knows what happened, right? There's been so many different stories, so many deathbed confessions. I, 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 I believe most of Frank Sheeran's account, I, I feel like that one's the most legitimate. And it's also kind of backed up by uh, Bill Buffalino's account. Um, he claimed that Hoffa was killed by the CIA and the mafia because of his knowledge of, of an alleged government plot to use mafia members to assassinate Cuban President Fidel Castro. I believe that, you know. <laughs> I believe that 100%. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if the CIA, the CIA might have helped, but I think the mafia did it right by themselves. They didn't need help, <laughs> you know. So uh, what did Ted Kennedy do to uh, survive then? He went the other way. <laughs> <laughs> he saw what he saw. Like, you, but did you see all this? He's like, and yep. I didn't know until I started researching this that Joe Kennedy Jr. is a thing. And he's like running for offices. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Let's this, see what happens uh, to him. Yeah, this, that, that guy. Not, don't play. I didn't, don't want to play. Might be another mind-blowing experience. Oh. Does that count as our first ad break? Um, yeah, I guess you could probably go that direction. <laughs> technology, you know. um, you got to look at something, and all of a sudden, something wants to do something else for you. But uh, <laughs> Michael Frenzies, uh, Frenzies, Frenchies, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that goes. I don't know. Him. <laughs> too much. Too much. <laughs> uh, he supposedly knows. Um, he's not telling, of course. You know, why would you? <laughs> um, but he is uh, one of the families down on the southern bit that was supposedly involved slightly on in, in the family, not in the disappearance. But you know, you know things when you're in that lifestyle, and this guy was in that lifestyle. He says he knows, but he ain't telling. As he should. As he should. <laughs> um, but everybody's looking in the wrong place because every place they've been looking is way too damn dry, and you're never gonna find him. Yeah, now, oh. there's a story that he was just put into a car and, you know, he's been you know, crushed, smelted, um, and he's a hubcap by now. Me, personally, I go with the, I, there There were several people who had the story that uh, the mob owned a local, um, like, a little <laughs> veterinarian clinic and that he was just thrown into a nearby veterinarian clinic's incinerator and cremated. I actually buy that 100%. That would work, too. That is, that's the best way to get rid of a body. I, if, I don't know why they were doing anything else if they had an incinerator. No, they're, they're, they're we're we're, we're coming back to Stephen Avery. Why would you burn the body in a burn pit when you have a smelter? <laughs> the a little bit of impurity in the iron, man. The <laughs> you know? But my daddy we'll owns the lake. <laughs> but, you know, another way, you just take them out on a boat, you know, you Put them in a barrel full of concrete, drop it off. Yeah, yeah. 10,000 feet deep, you know. Jimmy's sleeping with the fish. Not even that far. Not even that far. Well, you, can... you put it far enough where nobody's going to, you know, scuba dive on it and anything like what that. What if somebody scuba dived to one of those cabs at the bottom of the Chicago River and put his body in the trunk of a cab that he put there? I don't, I mean, who knows, right? That, and that's why I said his disappearance is interesting and there's cool theories about it, but it don't really matter, right? We know what happened. Motherfucker got got. Right? Like, right. <laughs> so he stepped on somebody's toe. Yeah, and, and that's why the story about, about him is like so much too, because you got to understand the full story of why. You know what I mean? Of, of why, why was he a team? Why, why, who was he as a teamster? What the fuck were the teamsters? What did the mob have to do with any of this, right? What did the right. mob care about Kennedy? What did the mob care about Vegas? Why did the mob have to build Vegas? 
Why did they need it? You know, there's just so many fucking loose ends that by the time I started, I decided this was what I was going to, I wanted to do this Hoffa episode, I was like, I'm going to be talking about a lot of shit. Like, there's a whiteboard over there that, <laughs> that and I, I quit halfway through. I'm like, you know, I, I was going to put everything in fact in black and then all the fucking other shit in red. But in short, one guy got too much power in the, in the uh, public force. And he started causing some problems with the political force. And the mob force was involved in both. And the first two daggone plans, the you know, you know, hoffing the government, them not getting along, was fucking up the whole damn plans that the, the mafia had. Yeah. So the mafia had to solve the fucking problem. It's almost like... Like Hoffa days. became exposed because of Bobby Kennedy's fucking uh, uh, investigation. And, you know, well, uh, he... Yeah, Hoffa and had to leave. because fucking Kennedy didn't yeah. do what he was, want, was supposed to do in the first place, and he needed a fucking distraction. There was <laughs> way to get rid of yeah, your exactly. problem than to try to lock him up. Which is why I had to go into talking about fucking Fidel and the Bay of Pigs. Because to do anything less would be a disservice to the story, to the fine men and women of the American Mafia. Who made this happen, you know? <laughs> As if there's women in the mafia. <laughs> uh. No, no. So John, Jimmy Hoffa goes missing, to which he says, that. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I'm out. Whose name does everybody remember now, bitches? <laughs> yeah. Fade to black. <laughs> you know? Hoffa is a meme. Who the fuck is Sam Giancana? <laughs> the only reason I get Traficante is because Traficante. <laughs> Come on. It, it, it's a, it, it can be sung in a song. Traffic. Conte. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's one of those names that you can't So fucking wrong. How'd you hold up over there, Crayon? Your, your introductory episode into the internet. He's just, just enjoying it. Yeah. I'm enjoying I'm here. It. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I can't get the bonus content, but I can be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, the if car. you really, really wanted to, you know what you want to. The car. <laughs> the car ran real good today. <laughs> I, 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 I drove real. I drove real fast. I, I I don't know what to do with my hand. <laughs> the car burned real good. <laughs> oh well, guys, that's been uh, Jimmy Hoffa. Um, I hope everybody liked the sound quality on this one better. I'm gonna be mad as fuck if you know it sounds like shit. Um, but that's fine. You know, I'm used to that. One thing I'm good at in life is being a disappointment to myself. Hopefully, it was that little tiny. Yeah, yeah, from the, from, from yesteryear. I mean, that's just like me. And I got I, it from Fred. He gave it to me for my birthday. God. <laughs> uh, he had to move his fucking Flintstones car all the way down to <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh and you know, Mike couldn't read the instructions on the on the splitter, you know, because they're they're not in cuneiform. 
Um, <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Well, if you like what you hear, uh, find us on Patreon, uh, Acast, Spotify. Um, we're also on Apple iTunes podcast thing they got going on. Uh, we're on iHeartRadio. We're on Amazon Music. We're on Audible. We're uh, on YouTube more and more frequently. Um, <laughs> uh, if you uh, want to sign up, you want to get early release episodes, uh, you want to get bonus content, bonus material, um, like I said, join our $5 tier on Patreon. Um, eventually, we're going to do live streams. We just haven't got there yet, and that'll be Patreon only. Um, yeah, so, and if you uh, if you can't afford to, to donate, you know, like, share, comment, get us out there, help us get out there. Uh, we're, we're working on merch. We'll get around there one day. Um yeah, uh, Mike, yeah, you got anything? If you haven't, if you've made it this far and you haven't liked it yet, ask yourself, why? Yeah, I mean, are we that bad? You know, are, are we so bad? Is it, is it like watching Faces of Death video where you just keep Wait, watching you horrible like shit? It's <laughs> a train wreck. Apparently you like train wreck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my it's God. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. What's going on here? Also, I'd like to uh, mention the birth of a new... I, uh, a new network group, uh, Stoner's Point Podcast, is proudly brought to you by Nifty Rocks Media Productions. Um, Hell yeah! <laughs> and that's that's going to be our new network. We're trying to figure out how to get uh, Troy Manson's fanny pack and everything under one umbrella. And uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you want know, to tell them about the origin of our names? We're probably... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For the podcasts? Yeah. It's it's a well our favorite little vacation spot right here in the heart of North Carolina. Um, I'm not going to tell you exactly where because I kind of like them the way they are, and I don't want a hundred thousand people running through there every day and hear me having to pick up all the trash. <laughs> so, but yeah, we we were walking around the area and happened to look up upon you know an, uh, one particular spot in this area. It's like yeah, this this is where people come and get stoned. Yeah, it's a point on a lake, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, there's several points on this lake, but this one is special to us. <laughs> it had a great view of across the lake fine, to the sunset says. with you know, a little bit of modern life over there on the hilltop to remind you yeah. that this is how we should live and those people were assholes. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> me and real, Mike, what? Real quick, what type of wine did you guys share? Like, oh. was there like a little picnic? There was like, some rum. <laughs> like no, like I mean, I'm being honest. Like, was there like a little like, because you guys were at the lake, so I suppose you know you were there fishing. We were eating like, MREs. Oh, bro! And uh, <laughs> out there to get the fuck away from civilization. <laughs> yeah, we were out there eating MREs and rice and smoking pot and eating mushrooms, and you know we we found this whole little section that we liked, <laughs> starting with what we ended up naming Stoner's Point. Now, You're Stoner- disgusting. <laughs> Who wants to voluntarily eat? I, I don't understand Yo, that. Yo, actually, bro. I like a lot of them. I do not like their crackers. <laughs> the MRE crackers are horrible. I wonder why. <laughs> they're made to last till fucking... I think they're better for, like, I don't know, gauze for a wound. <laughs> oh, the first time I gave him a fucking it's MRE like... cracker, bro. He was just sitting there like... Oh my God, somebody's in my mouth. Dude, I swear that is, it's like quick clot, dude. It is quick clot in a 
in an edible in a, form. In a cracker form. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you got some internal bleeding? Eat one of these. <laughs> like, Egyptians use them for your their, making their mummies, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, that's just like, crazy. Like, that's your brother, don't worry. <laughs> no, and, but uh, it's an easy way to get a, a, a meal out there, you know? It's, yeah. Without actually having to do any work. Good, actually, MRE. <laughs> the fucking the actual food, man, them things are awesome. Oh, the fuck out of them. You ever ate day old fish and some rice? MREs taste pretty good, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Freshwater fish at that, lake fish. <laughs> Bread made from the lake water. The lake. <laughs> MREs are pretty good, man. I've had to survive on it, so I, I've just lost my taste for it, and so that's why I hate it. Uh, I, I can understand that. Oh, you hate it because you had to open them up every day. I got you. Yeah, right. you had to. We we chose to, and they're not bad. Not, and it's they, just, they serve our purpose. No, I mean, and it's it's just, there's so much salt in it, and then if you want to survive during any type of movement. <laughs> You're cracking open the salt packet, and you're just dumping all that salt into your main course. <laughs> and you're eating salt on salt, and it's just... Oh. <laughs> we, 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 we don't drive to where we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's another thing. You don't drive to where you go out there. You, uh, <laughs> we're sweating you're backpacking. We, we, we're, we're wanting that salt yeah. by the time we get it, out dude, there. Dude, it's an hour walk from the last place you can put a car. <laughs> That's why we love it, right? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, we we got we got a camel pack full of water for that, <laughs> <laughs> and we will make daily hour long trips to the you know local water thing if need be. <laughs> Sometimes we just fucking catch rainwater. That's like what three? <laughs> That's like what three miles? Three point five miles? Good little no, bit. About three, four the fu- it's fucked rough, up thing it's, is it's rough terrain. Fucked up thing is you can walk ten yeah. minutes from Stoner's Point, which is our first campsite there, yeah. the closest one. Um, you can walk ten minutes and see where the car is, but you got to walk all the way around the fucking lake <laughs> from there. You know, so you can see people out there in the parking lot. You know? And it's it's not maintained forest. It, it's rough forest. Yeah, it's not yeah. even terrain. It's <laughs> it, it, it's not for walking. Um. So, but if you go past Stoner's Point and a few other places that we just gave names to, because we're not going to remember coordinates, but we remember the names. There's this. There's actually a spot there called Nifty Rocks, but we couldn't find it our first day there. We were so we ended up camping at the bottom of the hill that Nifty Rocks turned out to be on, where these all these other rocks are like right on the water, like in big huge boulders, and it's nice to get on the water on the rocks right there. And we named that Nifty Rocks. Like, well, these are pretty fucking nifty. <laughs> that was Nifty Rocks that first night. Then we went up the hill the next morning and found Nifty Rocks. <laughs> Which would be more aptly named Awesome Rocks. They're fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, they are. Next time we go camp, I kind of want to go camping at Awesome Rocks. But we got to find that way in. Because carrying up that hill. Yeah, oh, hell no. Jesus. <laughs> we we got to find a, a road nearby or something. That's miserable. But... The spot itself is cool. I mean, you got these like towering slabs of granite just going straight up, you know, and you're like, in, you can get in the middle of them. It's like a little auditorium almost. Like it's, it's a Coliseum type shit. It's creepy. Firelight on it's going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's where we get our names from, our, our camping spot. Stoner's Point is the first one. And, you know, Nifty Rocks Media is, is at a much higher elevation than Stoner's Point. 
So anything that happens. I want to call that like (laughs) portal rock or portal point or something like that because that definitely sounds like a portal. To another, to like some underworld. (laughs) I I, I really did enjoy myself by the following year. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, I'm just saying, you know, fungus was involved. <laughs> I was, I was one, right? I was one. so like it might be like you know, just saying. <laughs> uh, well, there's some fun places whenever a fun guy gets involved. That's know? right, you know, you know that's why the mushroom gets invited to all the parties. <laughs> it's a fun guy. Oh uh, well, that's been our dad joke for the week. Uh, <laughs> 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 I ain't taking no part of that one. (laughs) (laughs) Mike don't want to be part of the dad joke. Well then. (laughs) And Jimmy Hoffa says. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, be sure if you're you're Dustin to tune in uh, on our Skeeter's Bar Talk episode that we're going to do today. Um, Wow, Cram, I actually get to see one bonus episode. Oh, Dustin, I love you. Tell <laughs> <laughs> your friends. Hell yeah, hit those like and shares and comments, even if you hate us. Uh, if you want to reach out to us by email, you can hit us at stonerspointpod uh, at gmail.com. Yeah, there's a, there's a challenge. Try to hurt my face. <laughs> yeah. And uh, our Patreon is a patreon.com backslash stonerspointpod. Uh, so, yeah. Check us out. Find us. If you like our intro and outro music, check out Wicklet Sky. Um, unless there's anything else, guys, I'm going to say uh, fuck around and find out. Live like Hoffa. Just, just fuck him. Just fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, later, guys. <laughs>